I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed. I mean, you know, this is like something from cheapcostumes.com. It's ridiculous. I don't even want it anymore. See, it just fell apart when I threw it down. It literally has a sticker on the back of the helmet that says, not for use out of the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> Duh. Okay. Hey, welcome. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Parkview Online. Glad that you're here. You're like, what is this all about? Well, we're doing this series at the movies, and we're trying to do what Jesus did. Use the modern things that are going on around us to tell the story and to teach you about, about Jesus and about how to live and, and how God wants us to be. And so the plot of The Martian, it's basically, you know, what if you're stranded on the most remote place you could possibly be, right? I mean, we've all had those lonely dreams where you've been left behind somewhere, you know. Maybe as a kid you were left behind. Any parents leave a kid at some point somewhere? I mean, we all have, you know. I left a dog one time. My wife thought it was an accident, but we, we went back. Uh, it's, it's, it's different, though, because, like, anything, any scenario that you have around here, it's like the Home Alone kid... You know, he can still order a pizza, right? I mean, he's home alone, but it's not that bad. Castaway. I mean, at least there's hope for a passing ship. And he can eat coconuts. And he had Wilson. But Mars is like the ultimate alone thing. It's going to take four years for somebody to get back to him. That is alone. And I've been thinking about this movie. I've been thinking about it this week. And we know it's a fictional movie. We know there's life on Mars, thanks to Bugs Bunny. But there was actually, at one point, a human left stranded on a planet all alone one time. True story. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. His name was Adam, and he was an earthshin. Okay? I mean, have you ever thought about what that was like? I mean, he's, he's here all by himself. Now, he's not alone in the same way because God was different. There was a different relationship back in the garden when there was no sin, and, and God and man were together. But God still says it is not good for man to be alone. Even though he created it and made it all happen, this is what's really important, all right? We get this from the Martian, you get this from Genesis, you get this all the way through the Bible. We need to be connected. And social media comes up, right? All these things start happening and we get this social media and everybody says, oh, it's going to be crazy because we're all going to withdraw into our own little things. And then what do we do? We instantly try to get friends on Facebook and, and in social media. And I know it's messed up that, you know, we're texting somebody else while we're in the presence of somebody. And I, you know, I mean, I get all that, but we're made for interdependence. They were quiet and kept to themselves is something neighbors say about the Unabomber, okay? It's not good. And, and I, I get that we have different personalities and some of us are more outgoing than others. I get all of that, all right? But God put us together to do things together and we need to be connected. It is not good for man to be alone. Here's what Paul says. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs the other. That's how it's supposed to work. So turn to your neighbor right now and say, you complete me. <laughs> oh, I think somebody just got engaged down there. Congratulations. <laughs> Jerry Maguire, love that. Yeah, the Bible says that. You complete me. That's what it is, okay? And I, the, I don't like the Jerry Maguire thing because it makes it sound like you can't be complete without a, a, a spouse. That's not even what God was saying. He created Eve, 
But, but what God was saying was that we need human interdependence. That's what the Bible does for us, okay? And, and, and listen, if you didn't ever have any problems in life, it might not matter. But the truth of the matter is you are going to have junk happen in your life. Even if you're a Christian, I have to say this every once in a while because there are some teachers and pastors who tell you that when you come to Jesus that all your problems go away. And I think that's a bunch of baloney because we still live in a broken world. Somebody said, hoping that being a Christian will exempt you from problems in the world is like walking through the farmer's field and hoping that the bull won't charge you because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I, I agree. See, the deal is Mark Watney, left alone on Mars, says this. He says, I guarantee you that at some point everything is going to go south on you and you're going to say, this is it, this is how I end. And you can either accept that or you can get to work. The Bible says there, is going to come, there are going to come times in this life because the world is cursed by sin, because of the first earthian and his wife. There's sin in the world. There's going to be problems. And, and we're going to need people in our lives to get through. Now, I got to say this and I got to tread softly because I, I know that I'm, I'm, everybody listening to the sound of my voice, they get this and you feel this and, and I'm, I'm just going to say it this way. The truth is we've all had people leave us behind. Not on another planet, maybe not at the grocery store, but we've all had people leave us behind. And many times we use that as an excuse to give up. Some of you have been treated very badly by some people who should have been taking care of you. They should have been supporting you, and they weren't. And all of us, to some degree, have had that happen in our life. And the problem is, we know there's going to be more problems, and the problem is what we end up doing is we end up withdrawing and not wanting to do anything about it. Here's the rest of the quote. I guarantee you, Mark Watney says on this movie, I guarantee you at some point everything's going to go south. You're going to say, this is it. This is how I die. You can't accept that or you can get to work. Here's Mark getting to work. Don't lose the irony of this, okay? I mean, literally taking the leftover crap and turning it into something that helps him survive. I'm talking about making lemonade out of lemons, okay? I, I, I want to say this for two reasons. Number one, because there are some people listening to me today, you just need, you got to do the same thing. You got to take all the junk, all the bad stuff that's happened in your life, and you need to use it as fertilizer to go start the new chapter and the things that are happening. And we want to help you with that. We really do. The second group is, is more in relation to what I'm saying in this sermon. Some of you are picking yourself back up again, but you're doing it alone. You're not letting people back in because you've been burned. You've been left behind. And once you get left behind, it's hard to want to open back up and try that again because you're afraid that you're going to get left behind again. And, and, and sometimes you will, okay? When you played hide-and-seek when you were a kid, wasn't there always one kid who was really an awesome hider? And he'd show up like three days later and be like, Guys! How come nobody found me, right? Robert Fogum said in one of his books, he said, Too many of us are good hiders. I think, that's, I think that's, what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Maybe you're pulling yourself back up. You're taking all the junk and you're making something out of it in your life. But, but you've got to have other people. You can't be hiding from them. I had a wonderful procedure done this week at South Suburban Hospital. And, um, and I say it that way just to make your mind start wandering all over the place. I wonder what that old guy had done. Um, it was a right lumbar medial branch radiofrequency neurotomy. 
which is medical speak for they fried a nerve in my back. It's awesome. Nerve is killing me, so we killed the nerve. I don't need no stinking nerves. You know what I mean? Man, I was having back problems, bad summer with back problems. I'm getting ready to go to Africa in a few days. And so we solved the problem. We just stuck a needle in and fried my nerve. It's awesome. I'm twisting, shouting again. I love it. A friend recommended me this pain doctor, and, and we took care of it. I'm good. I'm going back for more nerve fries, man. It's awesome. I want to be Ricky Bobby. Stick a knife in me. I can't even feel it. That's what I want, okay? I know, I know, I know, Mom. I know, I know, I know. I know you're watching this. I'm going to keep taking care of my back. I'm going to keep stretching and exercising and chiropractor and yoga and massage and pole vaulting and everything else that I need to do. I'm going to keep doing that, but, but I don't have to worry about that pain in my back anymore because the nerve's gone. The problem is a lot of people in our, in our, in our world, they've, they've, they've tried this thing and their, inter, their interdependent nerve is fried. That's, that's all I can tell you. Some of you, I've had a lot of conversations this weekend already. You're like, yeah, that's me. I can't, you know, I, I had community. I had people in my life. And for one reason or another, I just don't have it anymore. And after a while, you don't even feel like you need it. You can't even feel that place anymore. That's what I want to try to help you to do is to feel the need for interdependence again today with the help of the movie. All right? First thing I want you to see is that I need others to walk with me. I need others to walk with me. The uh, Bible says, just as you receive Christ as Lord, then walk in him. Okay, walk with him. That, our journey of the Christian life is a walk. It's not just something we sit down. We're not sitting, staying in one place. It's a journey. And you need other people to do it with you. I need other people to help me grow spiritually. That, that's just absolute. Okay, the Apostle Paul, you could consider him like... Outside of Jerusalem, when the Bible's being written, he wrote more of the Bible than anybody else. And outside of, of Jerusalem, he was kind of like the head of the church. He was like the pope of the church, of everybody outside of Jerusalem. And he wrote to this church in, in Rome, and he said, I long to see you so that I might impart some spiritual gift to you to make you strong. Right? That's good. But then he says, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Paul, the leader... The writer, the, the guru, he's going to be mutually encouraged? Yes, because every one of us needs somebody or a group of somebodies in our life to help us walk. Because when you walk alone, it, it, it just does, it's, not as, it's not as effective. Why not? Well, I need others to walk with me because, A, it's safer. You know that. You know, you don't, you got to have a swim buddy, right? I mean, they always put you together when we go to one of these third world countries or one of these developing countries and we go into some of these crazy places. I mean, we've seen some really bad places in the world. What do they, always, they always make us go in a group. And I want to tell you, the whole world is a bad place. And the reason that you need to go as a group is because you, it's just safer, okay? It's also more supportive, it keeps you from giving up. If, you, if, you, if you're ready to quit, you've got people around you. You know that, working out, running, whatever it is, you've got to have a partner. There's an old African proverb I love. It says this, when you run alone, you run fast, but when you run together, you run far. It might be the best thing out of the whole, that's not Bible verse, it's just an African proverb, but it's exactly right. You can run really fast by yourself. You can go on by yourself very fast, but when you're together, you run far, all right? It's, uh, life is a marathon, so you need to run far. The third thing is it's safer, supportive, and it's just smarter. 
because sometimes on your own, you're going to start going the wrong direction. We've talked about that a lot around here lately, right? And you need, there's, if there's nobody going with you, there's nobody to say, hey, you're off track. Like, guys, how do you drive anywhere without your wife? I'm being sarcastic. It's okay. You can understand that. Right? The Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so it's smart and supportive and it's safe to walk together. And when you walk with other people, you don't go as fast. Let me go back to that African thing. You don't go as fast because you can go at your own pace, but you're going to go farther because you're going to work together. You, have you ever noticed that when you walk or run with other people, it's hard to keep the same pace? It takes cooperation. My wife's legs are quite a bit shorter than mine. So if we're walking together, I have to, you know, I have to wait for her and she keeps up with me no matter what. That's how we work together. And when you do that, you're going to be able to go farther because you have each other in community. You have interdependence. And you know you need it, okay? You know you need it. You know you love it when you have a friend, when you have community. Two guys in a bar one day and they're just chatting and the one guy says to the other, he says, I can't help I can't help but hear your accent. It sounds like you're from Ireland. The other guy goes, yeah, I am. He said, me too. What part? The guy says, I'm from Dublin, I am. First guy says, really? Oh, what street did you live on in Dublin? Oh, a lovely little area it was. I lived in McClary Street. Don't make fun of my accent. I lived in McClary Street in the old part of town. First guy says, faith, and it's a small world. I did too. What school did you go to? And the guy says, I went to St. Mary's, of course. And the guy goes, so did I. What year did you graduate? And, you know, on and on and on. It's 1974. I graduated in 1974 too. And the first guy finally just says, the good Lord must be smiling on us. I can hardly believe our luck. Winding up here in the same bar tonight. It's unbelievable. About the time the bartender walks over to another guy, pours him another beer, shakes his head, says, it's going to be a long night. Murphy twins are drunk again. <laughs> it was a stretch, but that's thinking funny, isn't it? You love it. You love it when you find somebody. I mean, you, you, you know, guys walking in here in your Cub shirts, you know, it's like, all right. I didn't see very many sock shirts. I haven't seen a bear shirt yet today for some reason. I don't know why. But, but you know, you got those commonality things together, and we know how important that is. So, so here's what I want to tell you. In your bulletin, you got a Next Steps card, and we're getting, ready to do, um, we're getting ready to do small groups again. On the Next Steps card, if you are interested in getting involved, well, first of all, use this to tell us whatever you need to, if we can help you with whatever. But we would love for you to think about putting a group together, not like tomorrow, not, not even next week. It's going to be a couple of weeks before we start our small groups, but we're already signing up for host homes. And if you would be interested, we, it's the teaching of the weekend, and then we make a DVD teaching for you. You don't have to do anything except provide a space. Okay? And you don't have to have weird people come that we give you. You just find your own friends. Because here's, here's, I say this a lot, but this is, this is the deal. I can hang out with my neighbors. I can hang, especially guys. We can hang out, you know, how's it going? Yeah, going good. I mean, we never really talk about anything. If you'll do this and invite people over and say, hey, we need to watch this DVD and we need to answer these questions, you're automatically going to start talking about things that are more important than how the Bears suck so far this year. Okay? You're going to have more things to do than that, and we're going to help you with that. So get your gang together and say, hey, we're going to do this together. Just fill out the next steps and check that box, and here's the easy way to deal with it. Leave it on your chair. We'll have people come and collect 
afterwards, just leave it on your chair, okay? And, and we'll get you some information and help you figure out how to do this. Because there's going to come a time. Here's why this is important. Now, now move on. There's going to come a time when you're going to need those people to know you at a deeper level than just how our sports teams are doing. comes a time when you need each other. Because here's the deal, at some point everything's going to go south on you and you're going to think this is it and you're going to have to decide, am I going to keep going, am I going to give up? But you're going to need people in your life. You're going to need to be prepared for the hard times. This is the second thing. I need others to walk with me, but I need others to weep with me. I need others to weep with me. You need a support network in your life now because you don't know when those times are going to come. So you need to have three or four or five or six people in your life that already know what's happening. They already know what's going on in your life. Here's God's plan. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Okay. We, we've been going through that with the, our neighborhood. Some of the neighborhood small group we've had together for many years got a bad diagnosis for one of them, and there's some other problems, and, and we've just been, we've been working through some things. But you know what? The reason that that can happen now, the reason that, that that's good now is because of this verse. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. We've been happy. We've shared together. We've had parties for the good things, for the graduations and, and for, for the things that are happening and the good things in each other's lives. So when it was time to weep, it makes it a lot easier for us to be able to do that. The time to start getting a network of people together in your life, the time to start getting connected in community is not when you are in the weep place. It's when, you are in, when you're in the happy place, when you're in a place where you can hang out. Third thing is I need people who will work with me. Um, the Bible says God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Talked about this last week, so I won't belabor it. But the reason the team is in this situation together and they are a team in the first place was because they were brought together for a mission, right? There are going to be times in your life, let me, let me say it this way, there are going to be times in your life when you're a botanist, like Mark Watney, and you need other botanists. There's going to be times when you're dealing with a divorce and you need other people who have been through a divorce. Right? There are going to be times when you need to celebrate recovery so that you can be with people who are recovering from an addiction. There are going to be times when you need the same kinds of people in your life. But, but as we work together with people that have different gifts and different junk that has happened to them in their life, then we're more effective. The reason this team was put together was because they had a, a representation of different scientific backgrounds to be able to put it together. The Bible says, two, this is the this is the early childhood memory verse for the month. So if you got early childhood kids, you're going to love this. Work on this verse. Two people are better than one because they can help each other in everything they do. Go home and work on that with your kids. You know that's true. You get more done by working together. And nobody's good at one thing, so we do everything together. I can't do things on my own. You can't do things on your own that we can do together. Somebody said it this way. One snowflake doesn't affect very much. But when you get enough snowflakes together they can stop traffic. And here's the good news about a large church. We have a lot of flakes. <laughs> a whole lot of flakes. Rick Warren calls this the Mother Teresa myth. It's the myth that, that Mother Teresa was this one person that went and affected the world. 
And sometimes people are like, I'm going to be the one person that's going to go change the world. No, no, no. You've got to understand, Mother Teresa gathered an army of sisters that were helping her in Calcutta. The brilliance of Mother Teresa was not in her compassion, which was unmatched, but her brilliance was in her inspiration to get others to do compassion. That's why it works, okay? That's how it works. And you are made to live a life on mission. I wrote a book about that. And we do that life to, on mission together. So the second thing, I'm going to bring this back if you were here last week. The second thing I want, to, I want you to think about as we're talking through August and how things are going is serving, okay? little card here, same thing, fill it out, leave it on your seat. We'll get in touch with you. Love to get in contact with you. How can you help? All right, just, just because we need every one of our flakes to work together so that we can do the things that need to happen. Just fill this out. You're not signing up for anything. Somebody will contact you, and, and we'll get it together. That's how it's going to work, right? P- fill up both of these things out. Leave them in your chair, and we'll, we'll collect them. I need others to work with me, and then I need others to watch out for me. I need people who are going to defend me and protect me and stand up for me and take care of me when I need it. I need those people. You need those people. So here's an interesting question. Maybe up to this point you've been thinking, yeah, I I got all those people. I got that. The team asked, asked this question when they were working on this with me this week. What if you're the person who needs to go back and get somebody? I mean, maybe you're listening and, and you're here and you're thinking, yeah, I need community. And obviously, I, I want to help you do that. But I've just been pondering in my mind, who, who is it that I need to go back and check on? You know, I mean, you move, you know, you get in different circumstances. Who is it that I need to go check on? Because that's what true community is all about. I love that scene. I, I love the whole thing. I mean, they're, they're going to give up a year and a half of their lives not seeing their families, not, not going home, up in space, chancing dying so that they can go back and pick up their teammate. That's what, that's what community is about. That's what Christianity is supposed to be about. The Bible says, look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. That's a cu- countercultural statement, isn't it? I mean, I'm supposed to look out for me. I'm number one. But the Bible says, no, you look out for them. I mean, you look out for yours, yes, but you look out for them as well. And if that means you need to go back, you need to go back. It's the neighborhood watch idea. I mean, a lot of us live in communities. I mean, it's a popular idea. You put a little sticker up on the window, and it's a neighborhood watch thing. And all the kids know if there's a problem, if they miss the bus, they go to that home. Even if you don't have it organized in your community, you know that it's there. If you went on vacation for more than a week this summer, didn't you not talk to your neighbors and go, hey, I'm going to be out of town. Just make sure nothing you know, crazy is going out. Watch out for my stuff. I have to do that every time I go out of town because Pastor Todd stays at my house when I'm gone, and I mean, he's a seedy looking dude. I mean, my neighbors are just, you know, they're like, who is that guy again? And, and, and he's back. He's going to be back while I'm in Africa, so I got to make sure I take him. Here, here's the here's question, okay? Here's the question Who's looking out for your soul? Because your soul is way more important than your lawnmower. Is there anybody? trying to help you out on your spiritual journey, watching out for you, making sure that you're growing, making sure you're not discouraged, taking care of you? Do you have somebody that's going to tell you if you walk in the room and your pants are unzipped? Because friends don't let their friends go unzipped, guys. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. 
those people in your life. The Bible says a person standing alone, this is the rest of that passage in the Old Testament, can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better because a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Is there somebody that you've left behind? I mean, it's our job, it's our job to rescue. You can't rescue everybody, but maybe God's putting somebody in your heart right now and saying, hey, we need to go back and pick you up. Here's what we want you to know at Parkview. You are loved, and we will come back for you. We want to help you. We want to connect you. We want to connect everybody together. You're going to have to tell us that you're there. You're going to have to let us know. You're going to have to tell us what's going on in your life. And we want to help you along the way. And this has been the interesting thing for me as I process this. I was chatting with some friends at the health club yesterday, and, and they just said, you know, I want to thank you for Parkview. And, and they said, because, and it was like this thing I forget sometimes. Because I want to focus on the people that are outside of Christ, people that are prodigals that have gone away or people that don't know Jesus. But, but they said because we were in a situation where we're, we were believers and we've been a part of church, we just needed a place to come together and to heal for a while. And we've done that and now we're getting plugged in and, and we're, moving, we're moving back in. And I forget how many of you there are, and it's unfortunate, but how many of you are that you've been left behind by somebody or, 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 or you were in a, in a situation where you just didn't have any Christian friends wherever you were and you're here. I want to tell you we're not going to leave you behind. We just need to know who you are. That's why I would really encourage you to get involved in serving because that's a great way to get to know people. You know, I mean, we can only have so many different groups around, you know, certain things that we do, you know. We could have a fishing group and a hunting group and a pole vaulting group and all these different groups if we wanted to, but that's not practical. We just want to put people together, and, and, and serving is a way that you can get that figured out. So let us know and, and, and get connected. We won't leave you behind. We just have to know who you are, and we have to know what we can do to help. Because God doesn't want to leave you behind, and neither do we.